and amen. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. I'm believing God for great things, that His Spirit has already saturated our hearts, and God is speaking to us right now. I believe His perfect plan and will is about to unfold in our life. If that is your prayer right now, would you give praise unto Jesus and thank Him for His goodness? Lord, we thank you for all that you're about to do. Speak life into our circumstance, into our souls, we pray, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I'd like to begin by sharing with you one of the best $20 investments we've ever made. Her name is Polly, and she is an inflatable peacock, this huge six-foot-tall, four-foot-wide, purple and blue peacock. And you know that we love her because that's the reason why we would have named her, right? We love to take Polly to the beach and get her out in the ocean. But here's the thing. You can't just get on a raft in the ocean and hope for the best. And so we get out in the water, and usually it's my wife and Jude on Polly, sitting on Polly, and I'm the anchor, all right, holding on, making sure no one drifts out to sea. Now, you don't have to worry. We never go out too far. But that silly float really has given us so much fun, just a lot of laughs, and it really is man versus nature at that moment. It can quickly go from peaceful waves to a crazy tsunami, and that's when they get flipped off this peacock. Now, there has been a time or two when they're the ones that actually remained on the raft, and I'm the one that got sucked in into the water. Now, you can imagine Polly and family are drifting safely toward the seashore, and it's Jude yelling back at me, Dad, we have been stuck. We're beached. Can you come save us? It's crazy how we never end up where we started. We always end up drifting with the current, even when we don't realize we've really moved. Have you ever seen a scrap of wood simply drifting along the current of the water? It has no plan but to go wherever the water takes it. No planned destination. It literally goes with the flow, drifting with other pieces of wood, leaves, and debris. How many people in church today are just coasting along in their spiritual walk? How many of us are simply being careless with our spiritual lives? My message today is meant to stir us to take a deeper look at our walk with the Lord. I believe we're living in the last days, and it's vital to know where we stand in God. I want everyone to be saved, amen? And I don't want anything to distract us from serving God. There are two passages in the New Testament that give specific warning for just this type of of spiritual situation. It reminds us of the most important relationship we must have in our lives and offer us an opportunity to turn it around, to get our spiritual lives back in order. Revelation 2 and 2 shares, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those things which are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and found them liars. You have 
persevered and have patience. You have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Hebrews chapter 2 and 1 shares, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. Today, I'd like to talk about this important subject, the danger of the drift, the danger of the drift. What a dire warning about drifting in our spiritual life. How many Christians have drifted their way to a loss of their faith as pastor? I'll tell you that without question for me, the hardest aspect of this season that we're in right now is wrestling with the reality that some have drifted away. Instead of drawing closer to God in our struggles, some have been carried away by the current. If we're honest, I wonder how many of us are not where we need to be in our walk with Jesus. A better way to assess this might be through questions such as, has there ever been a time in your life when you were more dedicated to Christ? Has there ever been a time when you were closer to Jesus than you are right now? Have you ever been more surrendered in your life than you are at this moment? If I answered yes to any of these questions, then I am in the process of drifting. If your relationship with Christ is not where it once was, or if it's not where you know it should be, then you, my dear brother and sister, are drifting. That's the cold, hard truth. But the good news is we don't have to remain that way. Thank God that we don't have to remain the way that we have been found today, not where we are today. I want you to know that this message is a clarion call, not of condemnation, no, but of compassion. It's meant to call us to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Because as long as there is breath in our lungs, we have the opportunity to turn it around. Amen. And that's why I feel compelled to share this message today, to help us refocus our priorities and center our lives on the things that matter most to God. Our opening passage warns us about leaving our first love. And I submit to you Today, it's impossible to stay connected to God when our love grows cold. Because when I lose my first love, I will drift away from God. When I'm not grateful, when I don't have joy, when I don't have peace, when things that make me comfortable matter more than the things of God. When my relationship with Jesus is no longer the most important relationship in my life, 
I have lost my first love. And so what causes this? Is it like a switch that's flipped? Does it happen overnight? No, typically and usually it is a process, a process of drifting. It's probably most helpful to determine why this happens in the first place. And so today I want us to understand why we drift from God. This is so that we can make a course correction and stand strong in this season of testing. One of the key reasons we drift is because we lack deep roots. We lack deep roots. We have the gospel, but it's not rooted deeply enough to withstand the elements or sustain us when tough times come. Jesus described it like this in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 5. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And then jumping down to verse 20. But he received the seed on stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately, he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. It's really a simple analogy to understand. When we settle for a shallow relationship with Jesus, we will never have the depth to make it through the rough spots in life. When we have a small, shallow spirituality, we cannot withstand storms. When it's just shallow, all right? If our spiritual walk with the Lord resembles a mud puddle. I mean, a mud puddle, it's small, it's shallow, it's dirty, it's messy. It's too hard for us then to grow in God when we are so full of the world, so full of other things. We lack spiritual depth, and this will lead to nothing but a withered and dead spiritual life. And so if I'm not rooted, if I am not grounded, then when the waves of life come, I will not have an anchor. Disappointments and hurts will cause me to drift in my relationship with Jesus. Seasons of loneliness and struggle will leave me wandering in the wilderness. Out in the ocean with Polly and my family, I was trying my best to stand strong. But without an anchor, there's no way in which I could resist the pull, the push of the ocean to drift away. Therefore, we must be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ must be our cornerstone, our chief stone today, grounded in the Lord. Amen. One of the truths that we find during 
this pandemic, it's really been brought to light, is that when life gets tough, we discover the strength of our faith. When life gets tough, when it gets difficult, that's when we discover the strength of our faith. Am I a praiser or am I a blamer? Will I praise God only in the good times and blame Him in the bad times? Or will I surrender my questions to the Lord and trust Him to sustain me through the tough times, the difficult moments in my life? Division is another thing that will cause us to drift away from God because division causes drifting. Division, it causes drifting. In life, there'll always be people who will seek to divide those around them. The more you listen to the negative, the more it chips away literally at your heart and soul. There has ever been a time to fight for unity. This is that time. This is now. We must fight for unity. Luke 11 and 17 tells us Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. Folks, just take a moment, look around our world, look around our nation today. We are more divided than ever. People are more concerned about their own preferences, their own kingdoms than their responsibilities to their fellow citizens. I'm just giving Satan notice today. We're not having any of that here at the Sanctuary Church, amen? That's not how we're going to do business as the church. Now, if you've got a problem with someone or something, do what the Bible says. Try to make it right with them. Go to them. Talk to them. If something has offended you, it doesn't match your preferences, then pray. Pray to the Lord. Let God help you in this process. Think about our responsibilities to one another, to each other, to help lighten the loads of those around us. And if you must complain, take it to God. Take it to your leaders. Don't spread venom or murmuring. I'm calling us to fight for unity. Fight for the unity of our church, of the church, of our nation, of our world. We fight for what that we do. We do so in the battle of the spirit. We can't necessarily do this with, with flesh and blood, with, with swords and spears. No, we do battle in the spirit and we stand up to sin when we are confronted with it. And so we need to fight against every sin that divides us and erodes our collective strength. My wife recently shared a powerful devotion about unity, what unity is and what unity isn't. She shared at the Sanctuary Church, we are committed to contend for the unity of the faith while celebrating the diversity of the body. We have the opportunity to demonstrate to the world just what unity in diversity really looks like. Unity is not silencing those who are hurting. No, it's not running from uncomfortable conversations. Unity is walking alongside each other, bearing the load of our brothers and our sisters. Here's a good measure of whether we're pursuing unity or division. Is my motive to make sure 
people understand me, my feelings, or my thoughts? Or is my motive to understand others, understand the power of Jesus Christ's love? Is my motive to be part of the solution or fan the flames of discomfort today where I'm discontent? Am I just simply going to talk about this? You know what? You're right. It is terrible. The sky really is falling. Is my allegiance to the gospel or to my own world view? Division always leads to falling away from God. And so does following false teaching. People drift when we lose commitment to biblical truth. People will drift when we lose commitment to biblical truths. Please know that we are in a spiritual battle. Today, right where you are, you have to understand and realize this is war and we are in a spiritual battle. It's a battle designed to make us follow false teaching. If there has ever been a time to dig deep into the Word of God, the Bible, it is now. Here's a word of warning to help us all during this critical juncture in our spiritual lives. Please make sure that we're spending more time in God's Word than on social media. Your mind, your soul are simply reflections of what it is being fed on a daily basis. With so many competing voices screaming out for our attention, there is one supreme voice that must drown out all the others. That voice must be the Lord. It must be His Word, the Word of God, the Bible. It must be our road map for our living today. Galatians 1 and chapter 6 warns how easy it is to lose hold of biblical truth. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Here's the deal. We must continually measure our opinions against Scripture. If our beliefs do not match the Bible, then they're wrong. <laughs> If I'm always looking for loopholes in Scripture, I'm ignoring solid biblical principles, I'm in danger of drifting. Now, I want to be clear in what I'm saying today. I don't mean you must understand everything in Scripture or that you have to have a handle on every single doctrine in the Bible. But what I am saying is that we must be committed to biblical truth over our own opinion. Be committed to biblical truth. What does the Bible say versus our own opinion on a subject matter? I can admit I don't understand every single verse in the Bible. I mean, that's fine. I can admit that. But I still can be committed 
to living by biblical truth and allow the Bible to be the roadmap for my life, even if I don't have all the answers. For example, the Bible teaches about a coming event called the rapture. When Jesus comes back to earth and takes his church to heaven. Now, some believe the rapture will occur before the tribulation period, the time when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. Some believe the rapture will occur right in the middle of those seven years, right in the middle. Now, some believe it's just going to happen at the end of the tribulation period. I have my own opinion on the matter. It's based on my interpretation of Scripture. It's really difficult to prove a position about rapture one way or another, but the Bible's clear about this, that there will be a tribulation period, without a doubt. And Jesus said he's going to return to take home his bride, the church. He's going to return, he's going to take home his bride, the church. And so the key is to believe that there will be a rapture, even if I can't be exactly certain when it will take place. Now, if you simply don't believe that there's going to be a rapture or a tribulation at all, then that is an example of following false teaching. The Bible clearly teaches something, but you don't believe it's true. Well, then that's a problem. And that's a sign that you're probably drifting. There are many issues today that society says, it's okay, it's fine, it's not a sin. But if the Bible calls something sin, if it says it is sin, I can't change it. You can't change it. And if we try, it's a sure sign that I'm drifting away from God. And look, here's the thing. I don't want to ever accept false teaching, right? I'm going to stand on the word of God. I believe there's brothers and sisters in Christ, young people today. You will stand for truth. You will stand for godly principles. You will stand on the word of God and let God be God and every other person a liar. Amen. We can stand on God's word with love. We can stand on it without being mean-spirited. For God so loved that he gave. Amen. This leads me to another reason why we stray from our first love. We don't fear sin. One of the reasons why we will stray from our first love is because we do not fear sin. Even good churches will go bad when they fail to recognize sin for what it truly is. Rebellion against God. When those who know Christ continue in sin, they do so in the full knowledge of his goodness and his grace. Sin is an act of rebellion against the grace of God. It's an act of rejection of the goodness of God. It's an act of ungratefulness for Christ's forgiveness. Our society wants us to believe that God is benevolent. God is good, which he is. But because of that, He'd never hold us accountable for our actions. Folks, can I tell you, that's a lie straight from the pit. That's a lie straight from Satan. Jude 1 verse 3 shares, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. That was once for all entrusted to God's holy people, for certain individuals whose 
condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. There are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. We often fool ourselves into believing that because we live under grace, we can live however we please. We view grace as a card that simply gets us out of trouble, like a get out of jail free card from Monopoly. That's not the case. God is clear on this itch issue. He loves sinners, but God hates sin. He loves sinners, but God hates sin. And if God hates sin, how can we think that it's okay? We'll never be able to defeat Satan in our own strength. We'll never be able to overcome the power of sin in our own strength. But the good news is we don't have to be defeated today because Satan is a liar and Satan has been beaten. Jesus beat Satan through his death and resurrection on Calvary, on the cross. The power of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But thankfully, death has been destroyed today through the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. The power given to us through the resurrection and the Holy Spirit is greater than sin. Oh, can we just thank him for that? Praise God. I mean, there is victory today and it's in your life and it's around you today because his spirit is alive. Amen. And what Jesus accomplished on Calvary was once and for all. Amen. We've got to start living like we've got victory to stop walking around with a defeated attitude, stop living with a defeated outlook or defeated expectation. Why? Because we have victory today, victory found in Jesus Christ. Now is the time to live victorious, living a life that's pleasing unto Jesus. Amen. And so today I'm sounding an alarm so that we will not be lulled into complacency the complacency of drifting. I'm here to declare that the Holy Spirit is able to do all things and His Spirit is flowing freely today. Amen. Jesus is here to restore you, to restore your weary spirit and help you find the peace you are seeking after. Today we have an opportunity to turn things around and return to our first Love Today is a great day to make a heart change today, a course change today, and focus our attention to please the Lord, to stop drifting and to draw closer to Him right now. Stop drifting and decide this is the moment I will return and I will enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, that relationship that's been missing. I'm going to stop drifting and develop a closeness to God a closeness that we've longed for. Amen. Can we right now where we are, take a moment and say, God, I will surrender my all to you. I want to give you my everything. Amen. You may feel like you've moved beyond God's love, but the good news is God's love reaches farther than you have ever gone or will ever go. He's able to reach out today and he's able to change your life right now. There is hope and that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe you've been serving God, but for whatever reason, you've become sidetracked on this pathway 
perhaps today you must renew your heart, renew your servant's heart to follow after what the Lord has called you to do. You know, Jesus died for your sin, but maybe for some of us, we still have a problem in sin. Today, we must surrender our struggle to the Lord and say, God, I want you to take this burden off me. I refuse to walk in sin any longer, walking in this struggle any longer. I desire God to receive victory that can be only found through you. Maybe you're hearing this for the very first time. The good news is this, that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news is that it saves everybody. It saves all. God wants us to know that we can trust him. We can know him. We can walk in his ways today. We can serve him. So deep down inside, some of us might be longing for a relationship with the Lord that's not hindered by the world or hindered by obstacles or hindered by things that we've allowed to build up. You've been aching for more. Today is your day to no longer be drifting along the seashore or longing drifting along the ocean of life, but to stand firm being anchored in Jesus Christ today. Amen. 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 Today is your moment to take a chance on him and trust him to change everything. If you're feeling anything I've described, you can have hope. And that hope today is found in Jesus Christ. And so now we are going to pray. And I'd like for each of us to take a moment and search our hearts. Let's just do that right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this day, the opportunity we have to gather with God's people, Lord Jesus, be it online or in person. I'm thankful, Lord, that I can be in, in community with you. I pray right now, if there be any sin in our lives, God, forgive us now. Transform us, Lord, from the inside out. Lord, we want to be made yours today. We want to walk with you. We want to walk in relationship with you, pleasing you every single day. I don't want to go my own way. I don't want to be drifting along life any longer, but today is the day I'm committing my life to you. I'm surrendering my all to you. Have your way in me as I allow you to be the Lord of my life, that I allow you to be the center of my life. I pray God, thy will be done in my heart and my life as I surrender my all to you in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I believe God has heard you today. God has heard our prayer today. He is just getting started and he's meeting you right now at the point of your faith. Amen. He desires for us to have a sure foundation, no longer drifting along the sea of life. Amen. If you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, would you fill out a contact card on our website and let us know? Maybe we can support you by in getting you involved in a Bible study. Perhaps you need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. Would you contact us and let us know? If you need someone to help you pray so that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence with speaking in tongues, would you let us know? We would love to pray with you. We want to support you. We want to help you in your faith journey today. Amen. We're going to worship the Lord together right now, but let's celebrate all that the Lord has done. Can we right now begin to elevate him in our hearts and minds and thank him for his grace and his goodness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus